The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Alrighty, ladies and gents, it's Thursday here on Blogging the Boys Network, and you know what that means. It's time to get riled up. I'm your host, Roy White, at RW3 on Twitter, joined by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Tom Ryle, at TomRyleBTB on Twitter. Tom, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Feeling good today. A lot of reason yeah. to be feeling good today here on a Thursday. Not just with what the Cowboys got going on, but the Cowboys have given us at least some reason for optimism here in the past week. So before we get to why big news in the NFL actually may be helping the Cowboys in terms yeah. of their draft strategy come April, Tom's got a great story on that. But first, we got to get to the breaking Cowboys news. And that is, as of today, the Cowboys have named a new defensive line coach. Now, I just took a look at his Wikipedia page not Mm -hmm. 20 minutes ago, Tom. And even with that arsenal of information, I'd like to play a quick game with you. Can we fill 60 seconds about the Cowboys' new defensive line coach? So I will start by saying... I believe his name is pronounced Aiden Deward. And I am only guessing that based on the way that the computer read the story on blogging the boys about his hiring, which (laughs) wonderful feature that you should check out at bloggingtheboys.com when you get an opportunity. Tom, what do you know about Aiden Deward? And by the way, it would have been a whole lot cooler if his last name was pronounced Durday. Because he's got a built-in theme song. Hey, Dirty. Yeah. Aiden, I got your money. Don't you worry. Dirty. Oh, are we going to be still, singing now? I think I gave you his name, Aiden Deward. Okay. What do you know about Aiden Deward? He's from England. He's a product of uh, some international coaching internship. He actually... Well, do you want me to stick with one fact at a time? or do You, you want go to kinda... one, I go one. So you took my England okay. one. Okay, that was, that was my ace in the hole. Uh, he played for a team called the Claymores. Oh, that's a great name for a team. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't yeah. that? That's why it's stuck in my head. Yeah. Uh, Your turn. Uh, he was an intern 
with the Cowboys after having coached over in England. I did not know that. Uh, he, I, I read that, that he did intern with the Cowboys, um, which gets into some of the people he's connected to. Okay. Um, he worked with Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Ding, ding, ding. Now you've got the one key important fact <laughs> that uh, Quinn is bringing in his guys. Um, and one other thing I picked up, um, which I believe might have been from RJ's article on blogging the boys, uh, RJ Ochoa is always, he's our eternal speed rider on stuff, on updating new stuff. And uh, I believe that um, F.A. Obata, I believe is, was the name. You remember him? Oh, yeah. yeah. He made was. His, made his nut with the Panthers here in the last couple of years. He's been yeah. good with them. Durde was the guy who actually brought him in. Okay. All right. Uh, brought him in from the outside. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's probably as much as I care to know, need to know. Uh, the fact that he's connected to Dan Quinn, as we mentioned, um, the fact that he's got a little English background, I will enjoy that when he finally does his first press conference. Hopefully he yes. gets his first interview soon. I love listening to, uh, to different dialects and specifically English ones I got a soft spot for. So I'll probably you give know, him a thumbs up just for that alone. Yeah. Have you noticed that if you have a kind of a, an educated English accent, it, it adds like 30 points to your IQ. Oh, 100%. Everything you say sounds smarter. Uh, every idea you have will have he's going to he's going to be charming too, right? Because if you've got an English accent and you're not charming, like you're you're basically crap because it's almost impossible not to be able to pull it off. Uh, I think that's probably about as, enough time that we need to spend on, on Dur Day. I hope it is Dur Day, uh, and we will find out Yeah, I don't know. Enough. We also got news that the Cowboys uh, have named their new strength and conditioning coach, obviously the tra mm -hmm. tragic passing of Marcus Paul in the middle of the season last year, saw Harold Nash Jr. take over his role for the remainder of the season, and it looks like the Cowboys are going to keep him on in that same role going forward. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to have some continuity there. No question about it. Uh, again, not one that I think you or I either have a strong opinion on, right? Uh, it is just breaking Cowboys news that we want to make sure we're updating you on on these daily Cowboys podcasts. This is Riled Up, of course, with Tom Ryle and myself, Roy White. And, you know, we do have a little bit of football to look forward to this weekend in terms of uh. the NFC championship game. Now, an NFC and an AFC championship game, championship weekend, as uh, some would aptly call it. And even though we did have RJ Ochoa talk about on a podcast earlier this week about whether or not the Cowboys could be in the Final Four, you, Tom, gave me the thought that no matter what happens this weekend, you are not going to be happy. Explain to me why you almost have no interest in watching this NFC game. Is that what you're – is that what you're getting at? Yeah, just it would probably be kind of like, you know, rubbing sandpaper across tender parts of my body. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I absolutely loathe the idea of Aaron Rodgers going to a, another Super Bowl, but I detest the idea of Tom Brady getting a shot at that 
what is that seventh ring? You know, yeah. I just and it's just with with Rogers, it's a personal thing because twice he stabbed knives into our Cowboys' hearts um, and knocked them out of the playoffs when they had two actual shots at going. I think all the way, mm. and you know, you know, plus the fact he has, shall we say, a not charming personality from everything that I can gather. Do you uh, he's a bit that? of an embrace, now, huh? Well, I got to be honest with you. I think he's actually. I think he's extremely intelligent. Um, oh yeah. I think he's extremely cautious of the media. Probably dates back to what happened with his family and how his parents, I think, sold stories of his to tabloids. But I, I gotta say, I generally like the guy. I generally like him. Well, from, from, and I admit, I've just, just things I've read, but he apparently can be a bit of a jerk to people at times from what I've heard, but okay. I could see that too. The, the, the that. fact that he took the Cowboys down twice when they had their two best teams of the teens. Sorry. Can't forgive that. Don't <laughs> want to see him go on just, you know, and, and I admittedly, he may be uh, the best quarterback at making a throw when you absolutely have to make a throw under extremely trying conditions that there is in the league. That's great. He's talented. I just don't want to see him showing it off in the Super Bowl. Then Tom Brady, it, you know, most people kind of have this kind of dislike of Tom Brady. Um, there's a guy, uh, there's a guy named Scott Kasmer, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He's with Football Outsiders, who's long been campaigning that Tom Brady is just one of the luckiest quarterbacks in the league, that he gets more breaks than anybody else. And, you know, among other things, he played his entire time in a division where there was almost no competition. Uh, the AFC East has been terrible. And finally, when Brady gets out and goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Bills finally rise up. That would have been, if Brady had still been in New England and New England hadn't had several other things that went off the rails, that would have been a great battle to watch last season. But, you know, now he's gone down to Tampa Bay. Nothing against the Buccaneers. Just... I really don't want to see Brady have a shot at getting a, another ring. So pretty much, uh, you know, I'm an old NFC guy, but this year, whoever comes out of the AFC, I'm going to be pulling for to make sure they knock off those guys. Um, well, the good news it, is you won't have to cheer that hard. If Patrick Mahomes or, or I suppose Josh Allen, but if Patrick mm -hmm. Mahomes is healthy, I think he's riding the Chiefs to another championship. Yeah, that's it's kind of an if, but yeah, I still think that when when they're got all all of their pieces in place, yeah, I think the Chiefs are, are the still the class of the league as they were last year. But we'll have to see. What's interesting to me is um, what happens if, especially if Brady were to go through and win another another championship, 
would that be the time he decided to bow out because he'd finally proven that it wasn't Belichick necessarily that made him? It may have been a bit the other way around. Um, and so it, it's kind of interesting to see about that. Uh, and, you know, I don't know that – I think Rodgers is probably going to be around for a few more years, but he's at an age – when a championship might also make him think, you know, maybe it's time for me to retire before something really gets hurt and just enjoy it. But I don't know. Well, that would be interesting. I think Rogers is still moving pretty good for a 37 year old man. Yeah, he Um, is. And I think about saying that out loud. I myself am almost 37 years old. And I think he pretty daggone agile still at his age. Um, I'll admit if I have to pick one, I think I'm picking Rodgers. And the reason I'm picking Rodgers and that I'd like to see him in the championship game is that I believe Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of his generation. Yes. And maybe you can say that generation. I do think that generation kind of doesn't include Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is of a generation before that uh, with Breeze and – and Peyton, and those types of players. But I think Aaron Rodgers is the best representation of, of his generation, the guys who are 31 to 38, 39. Yeah. And I think and it would be going- is the best example for his generation, the generation yeah, what, now. The yeah, 20, sorry, I was trying to steal your thunder on that. Say yeah. again? I said I was, I was trying to steal your thunder on that, but that's exactly right. The best quarterback in his 30s against the best best quarterback in his 20s. Uh, that Bingo. would be an, a really, really interesting matchup. Bingo. And that is what I'm rooting for. Sure, I could have the best quarterback in his 40s against the best quarterback in his 20s. <laughs> but I'll take the best 30-year-old, please, and thank you. Uh, we are riled up here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Of course – We've got great articles all over Blogging the Boys, and one in particular caught my eye. Uh, It was written by a very intelligent gentleman, and essentially it was written about how the Cowboys' draft chances actually improved. Now, Tom, you know this gentleman uh, who wrote said article, and so I'd like for you to explain if you could, and since you talked to him, I know you'll know his thinking, I'd like for you to explain why Philip Rivers retiring means the Cowboys' number 10 overall draft pick is actually worth more than it was a week ago. Yeah. I wrote that article, Roy. Quit, oh, was it quit. you? Okay. Yeah, click that. Okay. Thank you yeah. for reminding me on that. Man, that was good stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was always – I think people knew there was a possibility Rivers was going to retire so we could go home and spend time with his nine children – Still boggles my mind. He's got he's but, too shy of a whole football side. So like, yeah. he's going for, right? Yeah, I think so. But um he's retired and now suddenly there are uh, Connor Lise, one of our other staff members, listed there's like sixteen teams now that are either definitely in the market for a quarterback or could be in the market for a quarterback. Um So now you can throw Indianapolis into that mix and there's not that much supply coming out of the draft. There aren't any 
quarterbacks that you could pick up. I mean, the only real free agent quarterback, knock on wood, that teams would really be interested in is Dak Prescott. And, uh, you know, unless the Cowboys commit absolute football malpractice, they're going to have him signed in some shape, form, or fashion. So, in all these some teams, way, shape, or form. Like, yes. just as a quick aside, it actually pisses me off that people write that in an article. I understand why they have to. It gets the clicks, yes, and it is in a sense true. But anybody with half of a brain understand, understanding the Cowboys or around the Cowboys knows that if they don't sign him, they will sign him to a franchise tag. Yes, it's, it's, they've got to. They, it's done. That would be ab- – I mean – you can't. I can't. I'm not even considering fathom. it, Tom. Are you considering that fact that they might not? There's no, no. effing no. Way, no. Right? It's just as you said. It's mentioned, and you know there was an article out that listed him as the number one free agent in the NFL because technically he is going to enter free agency. I saw that. But the article also said that you know Dallas is going to sign him back somehow. So it's just it's one of those. Uh, pro forma things you have to mention just to be totally accurate. But outside of that, there's nobody out there. There's maybe some of the retread journeymen that they could try to do something with. Uh, Otherwise they're going to have to try to roll what they've got or find somebody in the draft. Now you look at the draft, there's maybe five uh, quarterbacks that are first round or marginal first round. Well, they're going to get overdrafted. Some, you know, it's going to start fairly early. It's possible that all five of those guys could go before Dallas gets on the clock, but that seems unlikely. I just don't know how it's going to happen with so many teams that are hungry. The thing is that when Dallas comes up on the clock, if there are teams that are still hungry for a quarterback and they see somebody out there that's still available, um, you know, that they, they think, okay, we could do something with this guy, or they've, you know, they've gone through their scouting under these strange conditions we're going to have again this year where they're going to have to go all on virtual and video stuff, and they don't have the combine. It's going to all be this dispersed pro day stuff that hopefully is going to be more standardized with perhaps NFL coaches coming in and actually running the, the drills, they may find somebody like, say, a Sam Erlinger out of Texas that somebody sees in him what they think they need. And suddenly Dallas comes up on the clock and there's a team that says, man, we need to get this quarterback, but there's these other teams that need to get them on a quarterback and they're looking at the same thing we are. And all of a sudden, the phone should, could be ringing at the star. Somebody could be offering the Cowboys their first-round pick, their second-round pick, maybe another pick thrown in there, depending upon how far they have to move up. And so now quickly, the, Cow, the Cowboys the, could want – go ahead. Well, no, no, no. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm trying to look at the teams underneath the Cowboys – where you would be willing to settle back to if indeed 
they were willing to move up. Now, you got the Giants right behind them. You think they're sticking with Daniel Jones. You have the 49ers, who's still probably leaning Garoppolo. You have the Chargers, who just found theirs, and Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to the next two teams, which I think are both candidates, the Minnesota Vikings and the New England Patriots. So 14-15 yeah, uh, in the conversation there. Yeah. And then you get you get in like the Colts are down there 21. much later, so they would have to offer up a whole lot. And yeah, they they've got to find some answer. So um, you know, the Patriots are one that had, had caught my eye. Um I could see them deciding they need to make a move. Uh, you know, they, they may be able to package their first and their second. I looked at the uh, value chart and, uh, you know, which, you know, the Cowboys have their own. So the ones that are available on the internet don't necessarily reflect what they'd be interested in, but the Patriots could package their first and their second for Dallas's first. That would give Dallas that extra day two pick, which is, I think, where they're really could go in and help fill a lot of holes. To start we already pick. know they, we, we know they're expected to get a third round comp pick. So if you went in with four picks on day two, there's a lot of you know good talent. And last year, if you like what you saw from a few players, they did pretty well because they got Trayvon Diggs and Neville Gallimore on day two. So, so if you could double up on that, suddenly you might be able to fill a lot of those holes on defense. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens on draft day. Uh, I'm going to be watching now. Dallas may see like that quarterback, uh, cornerback, maybe certain is going to be there and they decide they want to go with him. Uh, you know, you never know because weird things can happen in the draft in a first round where you've got so many quarterback hungry teams and where there's, there's a lot of other teams that might have completely different needs and holes to fill. You never know exactly how this one is going to fall. This I think is going to be a draft that has an excellent opportunity to really go outside of most people's expectations as to what teams actually do. And I think there's a chance there could be a lot of moving around uh, on, on the, draft day. Um, now I think well, I think it was last year that I really went in expecting a lot of trades and it was dead for like the first day or two. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, we can always be wrong, but that's kind of where I'm leaning with things. So if you want to take a deeper dive on that, make sure you go to bloggingtheboys.com. Check out Tom's article on why the Cowboys value at number 10 did just improve thanks to the retirement of one Phillip Rivers. We are riled up. Hear us every Thursday on the Blogging the Boys Network. And when we come back from the break, we will discuss whether or not the saga going on in Houston could ever take mm -hmm. place in Dallas. All right, we're back on Riled Up here on the Blog and the Boys Network. I, of course, Roy White at RW3 on Twitter with my good colleague Tom Ryle at Tom Ryle BTB on Twitter. You can find his fine work there. And, of course, we just got discussing uh, the Cowboys prospects here in the draft. Now I want to discuss a more serious topic. Yes, there are plenty of teams out there that are QB needy, and there appears to be a QB that is available 
at least if this were the NBA down in Houston. <laughs> now, I don't want to have a discussion about what the Cowboys would need to do to get Deshaun Watson to Dallas because I'm sure you can find that discussion somewhere, but I'm perfectly happy with the quarterback situation we have, and I have no interest in further riling or mucking that up. Excuse the turn of phrase there, but mucking that up. Uh, in order to try and find the perfect balance. I think the Cowboys are suited very nicely with Dak Prescott. But, Tom, we did kind of jokingly say in discussing Dak Prescott's upcoming contract that, hey, they would be crazy to go down the road of really upsetting the apple cart when it comes to their quarterback situation. The Texans, we perhaps thought a season ago – There was no way they could get to this point with Deshaun Watson. He had his star wide receiver. Even after he lost his star wide receiver, he still signed an outlandish multi-year contract that paid him over $73 million guaranteed. So he was more than comfortable with the team at the beginning of the 2020 season. And now, as we've seen over the last several weeks, Things have transpired into a spiral to where now he's asking out. Is there any scenario on God's green earth that Dak Prescott and the Cowboys could one day find themselves in a scenario like Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans are currently facing? Well, you never want to say never because you can wind up getting fooled, but it just – it's hard to envision them messing it up that bad. Um, but Houston just, I, I, I have, I'm still absolutely mystified what happened with DeAndre Hopkins. What, was, was that a cap move or was, was that just, was there just something wrong with Bill O'Brien to do something like that? It's, it's absolutely insane. And, the thing is that they are just, they seem to really have not communicated with Watson at all uh, as far as what's going on and what they're doing. Uh, he seemed to be very upset. He was not consulted on what was going on with the GM, which is kind of maybe a bit much for a player to, to think they should be involved in that. But now they're, they're going through their coaching search. And that seems to be the one way they could resolve this is to try and talk to Watson and find out if there's a certain hire, somebody that they've interviewed that they like, <coughs> Eric B. <Bien-Ami. coughs> hmm. but, uh, and see if that would soothe the, 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 the ruffled feathers a bit. So I, I, you know, it's not an unsalvageable solution for Houston, but uh, there is a concern that they may be getting into a situation where now Watson is just so upset and is so emotionally invested in this, this struggle that it's going to be hard for him to back off no matter what. So that's going to be something to watch down there. Could that happen in Dallas? Well, I think it would take a series of things, you know, like them gutting the roster around him, cutting Amari Cooper, uh, 
trading away or trading away Cooper and Gallup, you know, do something like that where they really start taking away his weapons. And then they'd have to have a real turnover with the coaching staff, uh, you know, because all indications are that Mike McCarthy loves Dak uh, and Kellen Moore and him were just doing some fearsome things there early in the season on offense before Dak was injured. So they would have to really almost get rid of maybe both of them and bring in some defense-minded coach that believes that first and foremost you got to establish the run and uh, wants his quarterback to, you know, throw a lot of five-yard outs and stuff. So it would take so much to damage the relationship that badly. Uh, and the fact that Dak, he got – no people – People don't need to remember, he got paid last year. He made, what, $32 million? That's right. Uh, so, you know, he got all of that. He's going to get paid again. He's going to make a, a ton He'll of money. He'll make about as much as Deshaun did guaranteed. He'll make about $72 million guaranteed in a two-year span. Yeah, uh, maybe even more. And, uh, you know, I just – it would take a level of stupidity to mess it up that uh, – I think they're that you don't think they're capable of. Is that what you're about to say? I I don't think because <laughs> that's that where I got to stop you, brother. <laughs> I don't think they're that stupid. I, I mean, <laughs> I really, I, I, you know, Stephen and Jerry Jones have some weird obsessions with things like cap management, uh, but even I think they are going to realize they've got to keep this, and they they actually seem to have some idea of, well, okay, here's some of the things we need to do to build a roster. Uh, the offensive roster, if it was healthy last season, would have been a very good roster to work with. Um, and, and, you know, now they've got to fix defense. They just, it, it seems like they're actually better at building the offense than they are the other side of the ball. That's been that way for years. Yes. And that's the thing that I think would, would, that would really mess it up with Dak is if they, suddenly blew up the offense. And I don't see, see any reason for them to do that. Well, and so, let me just say, I'll preface all this by saying, I also believe very strongly that it would take a massive, massive miscalculation of this franchise on several different levels to find themselves in the same position that they're in. But I do want to point out that the timeline – isn't so far off that it couldn't happen. If Mike McCarthy struggles in 2021 and the offense struggles the same or they don't wind up making the playoffs in what looks like right now as one of the worst, least competitive divisions in football based mm -hmm. on the quarterbacks that we currently know are going to be starting in the NFC East, I really got to think that the heat would be on Mike McCarthy at that point following a poor 2021 season. If they sign Dak Prescott to a long-term deal to start 2022, only to find that they once again crapped the bed and Mike McCarthy wound up being out of a job, wouldn't that be on the same timeline as Bill O'Brien has found himself with Deshaun Watson? In addition to that, I agree that Amari Cooper will probably not be going anywhere anytime soon. But we're also talking about a player 
who is costing $20 million against the cap when you presumably, in a lot of people's minds, have not one but two potential replacements for said player that are significantly cheaper. I could see Amari Cooper being on the move within the next two seasons. I could see the offensive line breaking down to the extent that Dak Prescott might not feel as protected as he has during the first four years of his career. And I could see a situation where the contract beyond the franchise tag does boil over into a situation where the two sides are a little bit upset at one another. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I could see the Cowboys in that position. I don't think they get emotional from a positive side, but they don't often two times hold negatives against guys in negotiation. They just try to take a hard line business stance and, and move on. But Dak Prescott, after signing the guy to a franchise tag two years in a row, and then potentially moving some of his offensive pieces, as you mentioned, I wouldn't put it at impossible. I wouldn't put it at impossible that they could find themselves in a Deshaun yeah. Watson type of situation. Well, that's why I said you, you never want to say never because, you know, we found, we, we found out over the past few years a lot of things we thought could never happen happened. I won't go down that road because that gets outside of our sports lane. Yeah, no, but we but, are just talking about sports on, on this front because many, many people thought that the Cowboys' defense was at least going to be serviceable, that Dak yeah. Prescott and the offensive line will be 100% healthy, and that they actually might benefit from not having to play in a preseason and all those things obviously, yeah. for this 2020 Cowboys team turned out to be false. So yeah, let's and, end the show yeah. on a high note, if yep. we could, Tom. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and you are the draft guy of, of our show, for sure. I am not a draft <laughs> guru. I am not a draft oh uh, aficionado. I do enjoy it, and I do like to read what people have to say about it. I try to soak up we as may, much information as I can we, about it, but I don't take a lot from – you know, going me personally to watch these guys on tape. Uh, kudos well, I, to the guys that do and have the time to do it. Yeah. I unfortunately do not. Having well, we may that, be in, we may be in trouble because I'm strictly an aggregator on the draft. I rely <laughs> on what other people do. <laughs> well, that's another reason why I also listen to the bro, uh, the broadcast talk in the draft here on the Blog yeah. and the Boys Network every Friday. My guys, Dalton Miller and the rest of the crew will hook you up with all the draft knowledge you need. So yeah. make sure you follow those guys. And maybe we'll have one of them on the show as we get closer to it so we can share a little bit of the love and share a little of their draft knowledge with us. I would like to know, though, Tom, since we're being optimists, if I guaranteed you that you could fix one position on the Cowboys for 2021, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a position of weakness. It could be a position of strength just to guarantee that it will be there and be solid for you in 2021. What position would you address? Well, I have to pick between two because the ones that come to mind are free safety because they ain't got one and one tech, the, the nose tackle type defensive lineman because they ain't got one of those either. <laughs> Uh, now, which is more important? Had they ever had either in like a decade? Been a long time. <laughs> uh, I would have to go with the big guy 
uh, because I firmly believe that you build both sides of the ball from the inside out, from the line back. You get that defensive tackle in that can help you stop the run, which is how they got killed in multiple games. If you, you go back and look at the yards they allowed rushing during the, the, the season last year, mm. it was pitiful. And so yeah. you get that guy that can shore that up and who also has that ability, as we talked before, to push the pocket. I think that would be the most important fix you'd have. And I think that, that really that's where they have to go because the, the secondary, while I've got tons of questions there, um, you know, and a lot of guys that are, that are free agents, they've got to make decisions on, uh, you know, because that's, that, that's a, uh, Chidobe Awuzier, Jordan Lewis, and Xavier Woods are all free agents. They've got to decide, are they bringing any of those guys back? That's right. Then, but then I think there's just a better supply of defensive backs in the draft than there are those, you know, standout nose tackles. Um, of course, the problem is that neither of those positions are ones that the Cowboys show any inclination of actually using a first-round pick on. Well, that's why I wanted you to fix it and us to fix it because we know damn well that the Cowboys are not addressing probably the two biggest positions, as you illustrated, that not, you know, just you and I are thinking about that every Cowboys fan out there is thinking about and wishing that we would address. Now, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I would be picking between free safety and nose tackle as well. Um, And you laid out a pretty compelling case for the one tech that actually convinced me to flip. I would, I would, I think I'm with you now. Uh, now, of course, like if I could fix the second cornerback position, I feel really good about Trayvon Diggs. Um, yeah. I feel confident that he'll be able to take that mantle of, you know, either playing his side or playing the best wide receiver on the opposing team. And I think he'll be able to find some success in that. Yeah, he's going to get beat a little bit, but he'll find some success. You know, would being able to fix that second cornerback position be enough to make the difference at those other positions? You're right, though. The dream of just being able to force a quarterback out of the comfortable pocket that they're so used to playing against the Cowboys, right? They only move when they want to not when they're forced to more often yeah. than not. And yeah, I suppose I think I would have to go that route. Yes. It's a passing league. Yes. A free safety might make a bigger difference on the back end, but I agree. I would like to see what type of impact a free running one tech who can have his way up front. I would like to see the type of impact it would have because I see the type of impact that it does have for some teams that I don't respect as much as the Cowboys from an offensive standpoint, right? I look at the Tennessee Titans as an example of a team who, yes, they did put up a lot of points, and yes, they have one of the best running backs, you know, that we're seeing in football right now, but that alone shouldn't be enough, right? This Cowboys offense, in my opinion, when healthy, is better than that. And, you know – the defensive side, though, of what they've relied on so much of is a guy like Jeffrey Simmons in the middle. 
right? Albert Hainsworth right. in their history made such a difference for a team that honestly was full of no names, but because they had a guy like that who could be that disruptive, it, it made them and the defense around them better than they were. So yeah, you um, convinced me, Tom. You convinced yeah, I just and I will say that if they are going to look for that in the second and third round, there is a chance if they're smart and do their homework, they could find the right guy on day two. Uh, which is something I, I do hope that maybe they'll take a shot at. They went on they went for Gallimore uh in the third round, which kind of shocked me. So I'm, I'm hoping that maybe they'll try to go back to that well. And uh, even if we can't talk them into going in the first round, maybe, and that's a reason why it might be a good idea to get uh, some extra picks is because you want to go really spread your shots around uh, in, on day two when you still have premium players out there. So that's, that's just kind of, the way I'd be looking at it, but you know, we're going to have to see how it goes. There's, there's a lot of time to hash this out. Yeah. And you know, they've got right now they're sitting with, I believe 10 picks, uh, you know, and uh, they've got, I think comp picks in the third, fourth, fifth, and maybe six rounds, which is, you know, a little extra ammunition, you know, especially those, that third and fourth round picks, you still got a shot at doing something good within it. Seems to me that sometime in the past few years, they hit on somebody with a fourth round com- compensatory mm-hmm. pick that worked out pretty well. So, you know, maybe they can catch that lightning in a bottle again. Yeah, boy, that did work out for him. Okay. Didn't it? Uh, of yep. course, as long as they can keep him on his next contract, yep. then it'll work out real good for him. Uh, he's Tom Ryle. I'm Roy White. Follow him at Tom Ryle BTB on Twitter. I'm at RW3. This has been Riled Up. Coming up next week, you know, maybe we'll take a deep dive into the types of players that Dan Quinn has drafted over the years, Tom, and we can find out whether or not he has a propensity to address either big men on the interior or potentially safeties. So, I'll leave that in your bright mind, not to force you to write an article on it. But if you want to, uh, that'd be wonderful because then you'd do my job for me. We may have somebody that's done that for us, as a matter of fact. Okay. I've got to go back and look, but it seems to me one of the other writers has done something on that. We can just steal. I mean, that we can refer to. No, that we will highlight on the podcast. (laughs) And, of course, check out all the great work at Blogging the Boys. Highly encourage you to do that. Check out all the shows, a daily podcast for you every day of the week right here on the Blogging the Boys broadcast network. For Tom, I'm Roy. This is Riled Up. We'll see you next week.